nation on its knees, making contact with God. Welcome to Christian Life, everybody. Welcome to a new year, a deeper emphasis on getting equipped in the Lord. I hope that you are uh, feeling challenged to go deeper in your prayer life. You know, I've wondered many times in the last um, several decades, what, what will it take to get our nation on its knees in prayer, united in prayer? And um, something interesting has happened, and I know unless you've been living under a rock, you probably have seen it. Um, that last Monday night on Monday Night Football, there was a young player that made a tackle and immediately went into cardiac arrest. In fact, they shut down the NFL game. His heart had stopped beating. They rushed him to the hospital. His name is Damar Hamlin. And it's interesting to me as I watch this is uh, men making millions are kneeling down on their on their knees, uh, not protesting something, but praying. I saw on Tuesday as I was watching ESPN, um, one of the football analysts who used to be a pro football player, uh, his name's Dan Orvlosky, just begins talking about this. And, and he says, I believe in prayer to a national audience on TV, and he said, he even said maybe this is not the right thing to do right now. Um, he said, but it's just on my heart to pray for Damar. And some of you probably have seen the clip on ESPN, about as woke as I've ever seen a sports channel. This guy starts praying a heartfelt prayer for a miracle to take place. In fact, he says, I'm going to do it out loud. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head. I'm just going to pray for him. He didn't send a tweet with praying hands, you know. He prayed on live TV, on a national audience. Men. Striving for fame and glory and championships, you know. I've never seen anything like this really recently. We oftentimes stand before the congregation and we lament how far away our nation has moved from prayer and faith and trust in, in the Lord. But, you know... I'm inspired because prayer matters, because prayer is real, because prayer is powerful. And if we could fully understand this, then we could see our nation turned around by an incredible prayer event. Can you say amen to that? I mean, look, I think we have a clip. Last night at the Titans game, before the game started, I started getting texts from people, and they're showing me this picture uh, and video of players on their knees before a game just praying. And it's, it's sweeping. You'll see it all day today. And so you say, well, is it, is it real? Is it plastic? Is it, do these people know God? Let me tell you something. If people are getting there on their knees, acknowledging God and praying for God's help, it's a good thing. It's a very good thing, everybody. 
I think we can do better than that. This is something to be celebrated. Yeah. Yeah. And so this young man has, is now awakened, and he's speaking to his family, he's speaking to his teammates, and this morning when I checked headline news on CNN, CNN, the headlines was, keep on praying for me. We have an emphasis on prayer. I'm going to lead us in prayer right now. And we're going to thank God that he is moving in this young man's life. Uh, but at the same time, we're going to pray that God would make a move right now across the nation. You know, there are a lot of believers in athletics. We have a lot of them in this church, coaches, executives, players, even in the NFL, there's so many of them. And there's a wide open door right now that, you know, instead of saying, oh, I'm going to pray about this or I'll pray for you, they actually are bold enough to pray out loud. In fact, would you stand to your feet right now? I want us just to pray together right now. Praise you, God. Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus, thanking you that you haven't given up our nation, you haven't given up our people, you haven't given up our communities, you haven't given up our families. And uh, Lord, as people have progressively moved away from God, we acknowledge that you are Lord and sovereign and all it takes is one move of God and it brings people to their knees. And I pray, Lord, that uh, this small token of compassion and love for this young man that many have prayed so hard and now are seeing him uh, be restored, we are praying with them for complete restoration and healing and health and a testimony, Lord, that will come that will move the nation back towards God. We pray, Lord, for all of the uh, believers, the men and women in athletics right now, Lord, that you are serving up an opportunity for their boldness, Lord, to be recognized, for their influence to increase. And I pray, Lord, that this will turn many to Jesus. That's what we're praying for, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I know a lot of you are not football players, but you know how to give somebody a high five. So just give somebody a high five right now and then go ahead and have a seat, everybody. You know, I think about all these young guys that are striving and fighting for championships to win games and to... Um, to advance their careers, their striving for fame and glory and all of that. Um, 
And I was thinking about Romans chapter 15, verse 30, because I see so many now that are striving with one another in prayer. Let me show you this verse, everybody. Um, the Apostle Paul says, I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit. Do you see this? To strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf. To strive together with me. Cole, Cole addressed several of you that might be new, and, and maybe you are new to the church. Last Thursday, we began an emphasis of 21 days of prayer and fasting. It is our, it is our pattern to do this at the beginning of every year. In fact, we celebrated it with a big meal in here on Wednesday night, and I thought we'd have maybe 100. We doubled the size of it. We had to tell you to stop coming because we had ordered all the food, and we had tables all over this room. People were packed in here, and I tell you what, the fellowship was sweet, and we had a worship night together around the tables, and it was so good. It was like it was the last supper because the fast was coming the next day. And then on Thursday, we began, we just encourage people to you decide what the Lord puts on your heart, decide in advance of how you are going to fast, things in your life you would eliminate, things in your life that you would include, things that you would remove, things that you would include, spirit, soul, and body. We were there, we talked about that on Wednesday. Saturday morning, just yesterday morning, we had a packed uh, room again as we began our first Saturday prayer session yesterday. And so we prayed through the Word of God yesterday. We put verses up on the Scripture, we worshiped, and then we prayed through the Word of God. And I, I'm, I'm saying to you, if you have missed any of those things, you, it's not too late for you to jump in and start striving with us together. I love this. This is a, this is a strong call to prayer. This is a strong call. This is not some wimpy, laid back, you know, well, if you got time, you know, you can pray. He's like, I'm asking you to strive. I want you to struggle with me in prayer. And I'm, I, I, this is what I, I'm, I'm calling you to this season of serious prayer for striving. It's not casual. It's not, it's, it's not half-hearted. It's strong and powerful. And I want to encourage you in that. In fact, one of the best ways that you can strive in prayer or struggle in prayer or get serious in prayer is add to your words that you are praying fasting. In fact, fasting is an intensification of prayer. And, you know, Old Testament, New Testament, fasting was something that was very common for people, for the people of God. In fact, even in the Old Testament, you know, you saw that it was regular, that regularly that they fasted. And Jesus said, whenever he was teaching in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, and when you pray, pray this way. And when you fast, he didn't say, okay, and if you ever choose to fast, on a, on, for 21 days on the first uh, month of the year. Now, he just assumed that you would have this discipline of fasting because it, it helps you get centered. It refocuses. There's things you're removing out of your life. So I, I want to encourage you in this because fasting intensifies prayer. It says to God with physical hunger, God, we want you to act more than we desire our comfort, our ease. We want you to move more than we want food. It, it, fasting says we desire your presence and your power more than our comfort and our pleasure. Fasting says to God, my hunger for you is more than my hunger to please myself. 
And if you've not involved yourself in this, you say, well, I can't even go like a whole day. I start getting grumpy and angry. And I know because your flesh is strong, but your desire for God needs to be stronger. I'm encouraging not to miss the opportunity. And I know some of you are fasting other things besides food. That's fine. I'm just saying to you, let's join in with this fasting and prayer for the next three weeks. My encouragement is for you to get involved. Is it okay if I just challenge you as a pastor of a congregation, everybody? Amen. Our foundation verse that we put on our video, our introductory video, I just showed up there, is Ephesians chapter 6, 18. If you have your Bible or you want to turn in your phone, go ahead and get there. Ephesians chapter 16. If you don't care to, you could just look up on the screen. I have it here for you. I want to read it for you. Ephesians 6, 18, another strong call to prayer. The Apostle Paul says, and pray in the Spirit. He says, do this on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. He says, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. I don't know if you noticed, but there's four times in this, path, in this verse, this one verse, he says the word all. So there's this strong emphasis to pray in the Spirit on all occasions and all kinds of prayers, all kinds of requests, and always keep praying and for all of God's people. This year, we have set a vision for us that this would be a year of equipping at Christian life. And, and this verse I want you to see is not just a standalone verse. In fact, it's connected to one of the most practical, I think, uh, and powerful equipping passages in the New Testament for believers. In fact, it is, it is not a standalone verse. It's connected to a context which actually begins in verse 10, which you'll be familiar with. I'm read it to you. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you might take your stand against the devil's schemes. Verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers against authorities, against powers of this dark world, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground having done all, having done everything to stand. Now, everybody, look at me for just a minute, moment. I love the Word of God so much, and one of the things I love about the Bible is that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the writers of the Bible would use metaphors, things that we understood and that would illustrate things that, were only that we could only understand by the Spirit. So there are things that Jesus, this is why Jesus taught in parables, and we see this all, through all of, the, all of the Bible. That, that the Bible speaks metaphorically to give us a greater understanding of the richness and the deepness of truth. And in this passage of Scripture, there is, the Spirit is using the metaphor of a warrior, actually a Roman soldier, 
and what he's equipped for in battle as a metaphor to teach us about how to get equipped in the spirit to engage in spiritual warfare ourselves. Because there is an enemy, he described them to us, rulers of darkness that's invisible to these eyes but is very much visible in the spirit that wants to not only knock you over so you can't stand but cause you to retreat and just give up in your walk with the Lord, that you would turn around the other way. And so the Apostle Paul is teaching us to put on our armor to get equipped for battle and this equipping of ourselves with the armor of God is very much connected with this verse that says that we need to pray in the spirit on every occasion. In fact, if you keep reading Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 and verse 12, then you'll find this whole list of armor. He, he gives us the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the having your feet protected with the gospel of peace, a shield of faith, a helmet of salvation, and a sword of the Spirit. And the Apostle Paul, many of you, if, you've been in, if you have been in church at all, you have probably heard some teaching on this, or at least, you know, you have, you have read these verses. If you come to Ephesians chapter 6, in a, there's a paraphrase praise version, I think that kind of says it really well to us. It's called the message, verse 14, and it says this, it says, truth righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Would you agree with me on that, everybody? It's more than words. Say that. More than words. Learn how to apply them. Learn how to apply them because you'll need them throughout your life. And he says, and God's word is an indispensable weapon. Verse 18, it says, in the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. So I want you to, what I want you to see is that verse 18 is part of your equipping. It is part of your equipment, your ability to pray. It is through prayer that you learn how to put on the armor of God. And people ask me all the time, I don't understand what this means. I don't understand how to equip myself in prayer. Well, I, I, I want to talk to you about personal prayer for just a few moments during this emphasis of, of 21 days of prayer and fasting. So maybe you can step up and find this as a resource for you, and maybe you could even pray through it. What I want you to see is that Satan has an arsenal of weapons that he uses against you and me, and he, he does this to try to knock you off of your feet. Paul said these are the devil's schemes. These are actually weapons. And the first one I want you to see that we address, we combat with our armor is, uh, is the lies of the devil. For the lies of the devil, God is giving you some equipment to overcome, and that's the belt of truth. I want you to see this, everybody, because the, the belt of truth overcomes the devil's lies. Jesus said that Satan is a liar and he is the father of lies. So anything that is coming to you that is contrary and contradictory to the truth that you know that you have found in Christ is of the devil and it needs to be rejected. It doesn't need to take root or consume your mind or your life or your lifestyle at all. So that's the first thing we want to do is that we, we, 
We want to overcome the lies of the devil with the belt of truth. He lies to you about the existence of God. He lies to you about God's love for you. He lies to you about everything that God has ever spoken that's good of you. The devil is, he speaks against it. So when you are confused about your life, learn how to take it to prayer. So in your prayer time, you should be identifying you know, this is not truth. This is a lie. This is evil. This is not of God. And then you put on truth by acknowledging. You know, some of you are very good at this and others have never tried it. I want to encourage you to do this. During these 21 days, why don't you try the prayer journal? Get you a little notebook and maybe you could pray through the armor of God. And you could just say, you know what, these, the, here I can easily identify the lies that keep recurring in my mind that I know this is not who I am in Christ, but I keep feeling this way, but I'm not going to be moved by what I feel. I'm going to be moved by the truth, and I'm going to cinch up the belt of truth and reject the lies of the devil, and that's how I will equip myself. Do you get a feel for what I'm trying to teach you here today? You take this metaphor that the Bible teaches us and you make it become alive and real. Like here's another weapon Satan uses against you. It, he condemns God's people. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Come on, everybody. Isn't that true? But have you ever felt condemned? Have you ever felt unrighteous? Even though you have been saved, maybe water baptized, walking with the Lord, have you ever done something and it felt like guilt and shame just heaped back on you? That's the work of the devil. He uses that as a weapon against you. But you have been given the breastplate of righteousness. Your heart is protected by the righteousness that's found in Christ, not the righteousness that's found in your goodness, not the righteousness that's found in your perfect behavior, but the righteousness that is found in Christ Jesus that was purchased for you and me through the cross. Is anybody listening to me today? You will, listen to me, you will never win the battle over the enemy through your own strength, through your own goodness, through your own wisdom. You might as well stop trying. Your victory is in your righteousness. The protection of your heart comes from what Jesus purchased for you on the cross. Don't undermine what Christ has done for you by thinking that you are strong enough or good enough or righteous enough in your own flesh. If you could live victoriously in Christ without the cross, then why would Jesus have needed to go to the cross? So when you're feeling condemned, when Satan is telling your mind you're not worthy, in fact, he's telling you must not be right with God, or like Job, he's saying to you because everything is bad or you're going through a bad season, it must be your fault. You need to take that to prayer and you need to put on your breastplate of righteousness cover up your heart and get protected with the righteousness that you find in Christ. Here's another thing the devil does is he threatens us. He threatens us. Satan uses fear as a weapon against God's people. I mean, Peter said it clearly, be alert, be sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around roaring like a lion looking for somebody to devour. Resist him standing firm in the faith. Fear is one of the major weapons that the enemy uses to cause people to lose their peace, lose their joy, and some people turn away from the enemy. Let me tell you something. Anxiety and fear, it's from the devil. 
you are anticipating so many times the worst case situation happening and God has no intention to ever allow that that happen to you. In fact, in the worst case situation, oftentimes it's easier to walk through it than, than to battle the anxiety or the dread of something coming upon you. Listen, l- listen to me, everybody. If you go through the fire, we sang it, just snuggle up next to the Lord because he's going to be in the fire with you. So I'm just saying to you that the devil threatens us, but you are protected having your feet shod with the gospel of the preparation of peace. The Lord Jesus is your peace. Somebody say, I have peace. I have peace beyond my understanding. Peace is mine. I'm just saying, you say, well, I don't know. I'm trying to pray, but I, you know, I pray for five minutes and then I can't think about what else to pray. Well, maybe you get a journal out and you just make a list of every threat that you have been battling with over the last year or maybe the last month or the last week. Maybe you ought to just write them down on one column. Hello, everybody. Every threat, every threat, every threat, every threat. And then on the other column, just write one word, peace, P-E-A-C-E, peace. Just write down peace. So, when the devil lies, you have a belt of truth. When he condemns, you have a breastplate of righteousness. When he threatens, you are protected (coughs) by the gospel of peace. Here's another weapon the devil uses. He loves to bring trouble. I found this about the enemy, that if he can cause the amplification of calamity or difficulties in your life, and he can try to blame you because this fiery trial that you're going through is in some way related to your bad behavior or your misjudgment or what, can can I just tell you, life happens and life is hard. Relationships are difficult. Hello, everybody? Your money is attached to an economy that you don't have any power to control. The viruses happen in the world. I'm just, I don't know. Has anybody noticed that this is a sin-sick world that suffers from the consequences of people engaging, indulging for generations and generations and decades and decades and centuries and centuries with sin? And we live in this imperfect world. But, and I, wanna, I want you to see this. That the devil loves to take the opportunities to bring calamity upon our life. But not everything that happens is orchestrated by the devil. But we do have a window into heaven. And we know that the devil would love to strip you of your physical health. He would love to destroy your family to get you to curse God. But God has given you the shield of faith. I said, Satan has given you the shield of faith that you can extinguish all of the attacks of the, of the tragedies of life that he tries to bring your way. So when you are experiencing hardship, take it to God in prayer. It is prayer where God strengthens your faith. And this is what I want to say. Sometimes 
a half-hearted, laid-back, casual approach to prayer is not going to help you overcome or move the mountains that is in your way. Hello, is anybody listening to me? I, there is this incredible call to prayer all throughout the Word of God. And my encouragement to you is to become more than just a church, a, a Sunday morning churchgoer, and that you would step up and let this year be the year that you find yourself equipped to battle the attacks of the enemy and so that you're not stumbling over and over every time something bad happens. Hardships are coming, difficulties do arise, but if you will strive together in prayer and listen to the Holy Spirit, he will strengthen your faith. In fact, I'm going to say that your faith has more potential to be strengthened in your prayer closet than anywhere else. So you're going to put on the shield of faith. And then you have, according to Scripture, the helmet of salvation. You see, I love how the enemy sometimes, you know, he loves to just bombard. I've been pastoring a long time, and I've watched people, which has surprised me sometimes, how that people that I know that love God have questioned their salvation. The Scripture says we have the helmet of salvation, but I've watched people not wear it. I've, I've seen people for years that they'll be right with God, but then they'll come to me, I don't think I'm saved. Or they'll keep coming to an altar or coming, will you pray for me? I need to get saved. Every time I'm reaching out to lost people, they'll want to get saved. I need to be baptized over and over and over and over. Listen, you don't, need to, you don't need to keep getting saved over and over. You've experienced salvation. You just need to put the helmet on. Hello? And you, because the devil's been just beating you over the top of the head with you're not good enough, you're not saved, you, you're not really right with God, you're outside of the family of God. But in metaphorically speaking, why don't you just get up in the morning and say, you know what, today I'm going to wear my helmet, I'm ready for battle. I will walk in my faith and I will be strong and I'm, am a, I, my salvation will not be questioned. In fact, I'd like to do this right now. Everybody in here that you have experienced salvation and you know in your knower that you are saved, I wish you would just do this with me right now. Just take your hands and act like you've got a make-believe helmet and just put it on. Don't take it off. And don't come to me and say, do you think I'm saved, Pastor? Because you just, you just defended your faith. You just did a prophetic act just now. Metaphorically, you put on your salvation. And I'm just telling you, it is protected. Somebody say amen. amen. And then, of course, the Bible tells us that we have the Word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit. The Word of God, which I believe is the greatest weapon that God has given us because everything is dependent upon the Word of God and your belief in the Word of God. And I'm, I'm telling you, you need to learn how to use the Word of God. That's why a great discipline would be anytime you're reading through the Word of God and you see some directives or you see some revelation or you see some truth, you need to get a word down in your spirit and start praying through that. It is a, a, a habit of mine through all of the years that I've been in love with the Lord and serving God uh, faithfully, it has been whenever I hit a difficulty or a, or a challenge, I'm always looking for a word for, from God. I'm looking for a revelation in the Scripture, something I can anchor my faith to, or I'm just listening for 
a, the voice of the Spirit. In fact, I want to challenge you. One of your goals during these next uh, three weeks, get a prophetic word from God for you for right now. A right now word from God. I challenged our folks just yesterday morning in our Saturday morning prayer. I'm like, you need a prophetic word from God. You need to hear God speak something to you that's not just your mind thinking up something, but you have received this word. Get it in your spirit. Ephesians 6, 18. And pray in the spirit on all occasions. Do you see this, everybody? And you are to take up the sword of the Spirit, verse 17, and use it, and then pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers. There are so many occasions in which you and I are called to pray. Would you agree with me on that? And as I'm just leading us through these next few weeks, I'm looking for those occasions. In fact, we're creating a few occasions for you. We created an occasion on your schedule by having a dinner on Wednesday night where everybody could come together, share a meal, because you know, you work hard on Wednesday and then you got kids and you got to get them up the next day. And I thought, let, you know, in Christian life, you guys, you guys bought yourself a meal. You said, well, you didn't even charge anything? Well, you did it with your tithes and offerings through the years. And so, you provided yourselves a meal and we just led you in it and we made an occasion for us to get together and worship. On Saturday morning, that was an occasion. You know what we're going to do in, in the month of, um, in the year of 2023, we're going to have prayer here every first Saturday, just like we did yesterday morning. We're going to have prayer at 9 a.m., 9 to 10 a.m. every first Saturday. In fact, we've created for you a little resource and this is a little equip, equipped in prayer uh, magnet. I want you to be reminded of this. And you can get one for a ho each household as you leave here today. It's got each um, month of the year in it. And it's a place where you can write in a word from God that you have received. Or maybe something, a word for your family. Or maybe uh, something that you're connecting with. with, with I'm not going to tell you what to be praying about because you're going to be listening to the Spirit. Okay, and then you can write it, you can write it down, and then your family, every time you go to the refrigerator, you'll be reminded, we're praying over this in January, or we're praying over this in February, we're praying over this in March. And then my encouragement to you is put that prayer time, Saturday mornings, first Saturday every month, on your schedule, on your calendar. And you say, well, Saturdays are my only day off. How much better is it that you would give the Lord your only day off, the first day of your only, first part of your only day off to the Lord to come meet with God's people? Remember the scripture, what the scripture says is that pray at all occasions with all requests, always for all of God's people. You say, well, I don't know. I, I don't think I really need that. There, there's a lot of God's people going to be here and maybe you could come and pray with them. Hello? All right. I wanted to show you that. I also wanted to show you a couple of other things that we have done to help you. We've created for you a resource page on our website. And Cole was talking about the Church Center app. You can find it there too. There's a resource page for the prayer and fasting, the 21 days of prayer and fasting. And all you got to do is go to the website. You can click on it. There's, there's some teachings for people who are 
uh, beginners in fasting. And there are, uh, there's a series of, of teaching on prayer and fasting that's there. There's some practical helps of what to do and if, you're, if you're fasting food. And um, do, you, do you guys have that uh, link? Okay. Maybe they'll find it before and we'll put it up there for you guys. Let me give you something else, everybody. On January, um, during the month of January, we also have a slide I want to show you that shows the events of what's going to be happening during this month. Do you guys have that slide? There we go. 21 days of prayer and fasting. I want you to see here, uh, January 4th is gone. The year's almost over. It's not too late for you to get involved though before you lose the rest of the year. So on January the 10th, in this room at 30, that's this Tuesday night, you remember the scripture says, pray in the spirit in all occasions, on all occasions. Here's a woman's night occasion. For all people, for all females, this is the female night. So guys, don't show up. If you're looking for a date, this ain't the time to come and find one. These people are, these women are going after God. 6.30 to 7.30, maybe plan for 8-ish, but get here. I'm not going to be here, but we got some strong women who are going to be here. They're going to be leading you in prayer, and we will spend time praying together. On Thursday night, January 12th, middle schoolers and high schoolers are going to pack this place out. And I might come to that one because I need them to be praying over me. If nothing else, I'd love to just sit in the parking lot because I believe the Shekinah glory of God's going to show up here because teenagers are going to go after God in prayer. So all I'm saying is that we're creating these occasions. The following week on January 17th, men, that's your night. Men, we're going to show up here because we got men issues. And we're going to pray for one another, brothers praying for brothers. And we're going to stand strong, we're going to be, be the leaders that God called us to be. And then on January 19th, Thursday night, we are going to fill this place with our children. So families are bringing their kids, and we're going to teach our kids how to pray, or they're going to teach us how to pray, but we're going to learn how to pray, and the children are going to pray and seek the Lord for this upcoming year. These are occasions, I'm just casting some vision to you, everybody, that we ought to be praying people. We should be learning how to strive in prayer because our victory found in prayer when we are equipped in learning how to pray. And then when the fasting is over, on Wednesday, January 25th, we're going to have another dinner in here together. And we're going to celebrate with another worship night 25th. So we'll be giving you opportunities for that. Everybody, there's so many occasions that call for prayer. And we help create some of these on your schedule at the beginning of the year and encourage you to come and be involved in them. But there's so many other occasions that call for prayer that I don't have anything to do with. But it's just about your life. And it's about your world. And so, you know, I think now is a time whenever we should be 
learning how to pray on all occasions. We need to learn how to pray before we eat. Pray with your kids before you put them to sleep. Pray before you send them off to school. Pray when you are in the middle of an exam or when you're on your way to work or when you're facing a challenge at work. Pray. Everybody say pray. pray. Come on, pray on your knees. Pray when you walk in your neighborhood. Pray when you're driving your car around. Pray. Somebody say pray. pray. Get off TikTok and pray. pray. Turn off your TV and pray. Pray when you get a sore throat. Pray when your kids get a fever. Pray when your parents need help. Pray over your wife when you know she's stressed. Pray over your husband when, when he's about to leave out the door. Pray. Somebody say pray. When you get in the bed, pray. When you wake up in the morning, pray. When you feel the peace of God, pray. When you get overwhelmed, pray. Hello, everybody. Even when you are angry, Pray. Somebody say, pray on all occasions and all times with all requests. Come on, everybody. Pray in the Spirit and pray for all of God's people. Amen. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful, and thankful. I want to challenge you in something else. I believe that this is a year for you to get connected with somebody just besides just your immediate family or your one or two close friends. I want you to just look around right now. Go ahead and just, you know, stare at a few people. <laughs> there are people in here you hardly know. It's impossible to know everybody's names. Y'all have this expectation that I can recall everybody's names. I can't. So if I'm saying, hey, brother, just tell me what your name is because I just forgot. <laughs> if I say, hey, sister, I'm just trying to, you know, there's been times whenever I've been talking to people that have been coming to church for years and I call them by somebody else's name because I just saw that person and uh, it's, it, I, my brain is... Is, is a, gets a little mixed up. But what I, what I want to say to you is that the Scripture tells us, and there is this appeal, that we pray one for another. In fact, if you looked at all, all of the one another's, if you just did a search, New Testament quote, one another in quotes, you'd be shocked at how many of them there are. That there is this call for us to be there for one another, to love one another, to support one another, to pray for one another. You say, well, nobody ever checks on me. Um, most of the time when you are isolated and alone, it's because you've been emitting this wall around you or you are uninvolved. I, gu I guarantee you, if you make a commitment to come every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. to pray, by the time the year's over, you'd have a bunch of prayer partners in your life. In fact, I'm convinced if you show up here Tuesday night, ladies, if you're feeling isolated and alone and nobody knows, I'm convinced if you show up here, make the effort, come on Tuesday night, that you, you, you'll, you'll find some prayer partners for 2023. Brothers, same with you. We're... We're doing everything we can to connect you and equip you. Connect you and equip you. And we're getting ready to launch C groups. Don't miss that opportunity. 
We're launching a whole bunch of discipleship groups through the Journey Discipleship. We'll be training coaches next week. Some of you are thinking, I hadn't heard anything about my Journey group. You'll hear soon. We're going to be putting you in particular groups. It's going to be a great year. In March, we're going to connect you, those of you that are married, we're going to have a marriage weekend here at Christian Life, and we're going to connect you and see you equipped better. This is our whole goal. You, you know what we want to do? The devil loves to twist the Word of God and confuse you, and we're going we're to try to connect you and equip you with truth in this coming year. And so, my encouragement to you is to throw off the slothfulness the laziness, the rebellion, your attachment to the world, and make your way back to God. And this would be a good time to do it. Why don't you stand to your feet right now? Come on, everybody. So, so this is what I've done this morning, okay? So I just gave you a sample of what it may be that God's doing in the nation. And I want you to have some hope that God can turn around this nation that's rebelling against him, and he can do it in very unique, incredible ways. He can, if he can bring people in the realm of entertainment and media and sports to their knees, even if it's just for a short while, don't you give up hope on God or America. The second thing I've done this morning is I tried to give you some practicals. Just take Ephesians chapter 6, get you a prayer journal. Take the lesson that I've just taught you. On one side, identify how the devil is using those weapons, those tactics against you, his schemes. And on the other side, match your equipment, the armor of God. And in prayer, you'll begin to overcome journal a little, little bit. And the last thing I've done this morning is I've just called you into involvement. Just get involved. It's, you say, well, I, I, you know, I, I don't have very much time. I understand that. But you know what? You're needed here. Relationships are important. And you, you, you can't spread yourself too thin with too many people. But just, just listen to the Holy Spirit and get involved women get involved with the ladies come on men find some new relationships you know right now in my prayer closet i have a list of about 50 or so requests because last december i asked you if you have a prayer request for you or your family would you write it out on a card how many of you remember doing this would you write it out on a card? And I said, our pastoral team will keep your privacy. But during our 21 days of prayer and fasting, we're going to pray through those cards. Do you know why? Because God's called us to pray in the Spirit on all occasions. With all requests, all kinds of prayers, praying always for all people. All of God's people. So, so we've divided those prayer requests up that you gave in, in, in December, and we're praying through them right now. I'm not wanting any praise. I'm just saying to you, we're committed to following through 
with praying for you, but there's also other people all around you that maybe if you were connected with, you could ask them, how can I be praying for you? How can I lift you up? And it would be something that is spontaneously done by the Spirit. Amen. If you're not right with God, if you're present with us or you're online and you're not right with God and you want to start out this year, maybe that's even why you came to church. You're like, you know, I need a fresh start with my walk with the Lord. Well, I'm really proud of you. And I want to pray with you right now. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or come forward. I'm just going to pray with you. Because there's people in here right now, and there are people that are watching online that you've been thinking, I've kind of lost my way. I haven't been taking that stand. And the devil schemes has knocked me backwards. Well, we as a church body, we're going to pray for everybody. In fact, you know, we, we can just pray with one another right now by acknowledging that we all need God. Can you say amen to that? And that all of us have areas of our lives that we need to surrender afresh and anew to Christ. Would you agree with me on that? So why don't you just pray this prayer with me? All over the room. Just say this, God, I need you more than ever. There are areas of my life I need to surrender things I need to give up sin I need to remove spiritual disciplines I need to include I'm convicted about these things So I'm confessing to you that I need your help. Will you forgive all my rebellion? Every sin that I've committed. This lukewarm spirit. My selfish desires. I confess them to you right now. And will you give me a greater revelation of your love? Help me to understand your grace. Would you use the blood of Jesus to clean my heart? And on this day, will you give me a fresh start? Today, I say, you are my God. You are my Lord. And I, cho I choose you over everything. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. There's some people that pray that prayer. 
and God has just moved in their life. And if you're one of them, don't let the devil steal it from your heart. Today's your day. Today's your day. The devil thought he had you, but he just lost you. Come on, everybody. Let's give God an ovation to pray. On your way out, you're going to pick up this card, but there's one more thing I want to do for you because I want you to have something to write here. I want to pray over you individually that you would be able to hear a word from God. That the Holy Spirit, next week, by the way, next week I'm going to teach you where it says pray in the Spirit or pray with the Spirit. Next week, I'm going to teach what the Scripture says, at least as much as I can in one teaching, on how to pray in the Spirit. What does that mean? We're going to talk about even praying in tongues. What does the Bible teach about that? So don't freak out at me. Come back. And then if, once you come here tomorrow, I mean next Sunday, you don't ever have to come back. Nobody's going to make you. But I think it would be good for you to come because don't you want every, everything, all the equipment that God has provided for you? How many of you want it? How many of you want everything God has for you? Lift your hands up to the Lord if you are inclined to. Come on, this is just a sign of surrender. Holy Spirit, I don't know what we would do without you. You are the greatest gift that Christ gave us. The Spirit of Christ dwells in us. He equips us. He teaches us. He trains us. He prays even through us with groanings that can't even be uttered. It is by the Spirit that we have come under the revelation that Jesus is Lord. It is by the Spirit that we know that you are the truth. It is by the Spirit that we know that we need God more than anything else in our life. And I pray, Lord, for each person in here, Holy Spirit, come on, move in their lives, motivate, challenge, speak. Or let them have a clear word of the Spirit for them this year, for me this year, for our church body this year. Everybody, will you just welcome the Holy Spirit in your life? Come on, just, just be wide open. Just stick your arms out and say, Holy Spirit, come. In fact, can we just welcome him? Can we just, can we just worship him? Come on, everybody. Don't leave yet. Come on, I want our team just to lead us into prophetic worship right now. Come on, say that, Holy Spirit, come. Come on, all over this place, let's worship. Let's have an encounter with God. Just take a few moments. 